Good morning, church. You're probably wondering why I am up here today and not Jason. Well, I have a little explanation. Back in uh, the, towards the end of August, uh, Jason made a statement to our SLT that uh, Tracy was going to be going to, uh, tr- uh, to Calgary for uh, a cancer run, and he wanted to support her. Of course, we'd all stand behind him when he would ask something like that. And um, immediately the Spirit began moving in me uh, to take on the sermon for that day. It should have been a feast. It shouldn't be a, a feast Sunday since it uh, wasn't the first Sunday of the month, so it could be a normal sermon. <clears throat> I didn't have a clue about what to talk about, but I was feeling called to speak for him on that day. That was September 30th. The next thing I know, I found myself in front of my computer and um, typing up a storm. And before I knew it, a sermon was born. When the Spirit of God moves in you, you better watch out and let him do his thing. Then, after I was finished with writing the sermon, it came to my attention that the feast Sunday was going to be moved to, uh, to September 30th. So what do I do? Do we put the sermon on the shelf? Do we uh, look at it for another day? And then uh, Jason encouraged me to talk today, so I hope you'll listen to what I have to say. Let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you with open minds and open hearts. May the words you gave me find a blessing, as well as a challenge to all who hear them. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, I've got a little slide thing to go along with this. Are you ready for a challenge? Why do we go to church? Is coming here fulfilling, or are there gaps in our walk together? You know, you have to bear with me. I'm a man, so it's hard to do two things at once here. I look around here in our church, as I have experienced in other churches, and I see many personalities, many different personalities. I notice groups of people as they gather together, either in the pews or out in the lobby, and I find myself asking, is this normal? It probably is. As with all families, people will sit where they want to sit and talk to whomever they want. But do all that come feel welcomed? I can remember when my wife and I first started coming to this church and feeling so refreshed after witnessing a good service and then to be welcomed by so many after the service. I remember feeling welcomed when Dave Johnson, in particular, would come up to me and say, Hi, it's good to see you, each and every time I came. It it went a long ways to make me feel so welcomed and at home here. I've seen great joy here in this very room. I'm reminded of when Leslie was baptized in the tank just behind me. 
and the great joy we all felt when she testified of her new commitment to Jesus and living with him and following his lead. You could just feel the electricity in this room. Can you all remember that? It wasn't that far back. Well, perhaps I should say most of you should remember that time since there are now a few newcomers and it is a while back. I also finally remember a pie night we had here at our church and Tim leading a group of men in singing old 50s and 60s songs for our enjoyment. I've seen sorrow mixed with joy as good friends have been laid to rest and we celebrated together their lives. We are brought together at weddings and funerals in a special way but not all that have attended attended them here have been believers, followers of Jesus Christ. God's heart breaks when they don't listen to the message and when it is actually forbidden for us to give a message at all. Over the years, I have seen conflict within churches I've attended. There has been a number of disagreements on topics like the music played, the clothing worn to church, you know, things like that. Why do we have all these conflicts? Surely this isn't why Jesus wants from us. So let's take some time to see how we overcome conflict, starting with our time here in our church. I have said before in earlier talks that we are children of God, big family. The term children implies a family. I don't know, are these turning out? We are all familiar with the idea of a couple starting a family, beginning with themselves and then adopting or having children on their own. Thus the basis of the family. As the couple grow together in their marriage, the individual personalities that attract each other together begin to meld into one, and individual independence is somewhat released. You you begin to think like one another. Will there be conflict? You can bet on it. The old saying that opposites attract shows us that there will be conflicts. But we all know that love conquers all conflict. And I ask you, who is love? Yes, God is love. You see it in the scriptures, 1 John 4, 8 and 16. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in him, and God in him. So I'll go back to my original question. Why do we come to church? 
Could there be many different reasons or just a few? Let me give you a few. God may be working in your life, trying to convince you to come to him, and you are seeking a church that will tell you about him. You have come to church all your life. It is what your parents taught you to do, and it has been a habit all these years. It's something that you just do. Or how about you're lonely and want to share in other people's company? You come for the musical part of the service. Or you come for the sermon part to build up your knowledge. Or how about you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and have agreed to follow him for the rest of your life and part of that following is his commandment to gather with like-minded people. Good reason for coming. And then, of course, you come for the coffee and food when provided after the service. Yes, there could be many reasons for coming, but Jesus himself did ask his disciples and their followers to continue to meet together and join in prayer, fasting, studying, sharing, etc. God continues to ask all his followers to continue to meet in the same manner even today. It was and it is important to him, for he knows the benefit of meeting like that, how we can help one another. But no matter what your reason is for coming, we all have to go back to the basics. The seekers are looking for the basics, but if you are a follower already, you know them. Just as a reminder, Bill Hansel provided us with a sermon on salvation back on August the 26th. He reminded us all of the gifts that God has given us through our salvation. Forgiveness, God's family, Holy Spirit, eternal life, and prayer. God's family shows us we are all children as part of the, his children as part of our salvation. We belong to a very large family with many brothers and sisters throughout this world. There are over a billion professing Christians around the world in various denominations. I'm sorry I couldn't get a picture of a billion people in there. And then... Uh, I would like to thank God we don't have to have just one bathroom for a billion people. <laughs> How many different personalities do you think there are in a billion people? Could there be ten, hundred, a thousand? Oh, our DNA would guarantee there aren't too many faces like mine, but I'm sure there are a finite number of uh, people that exhibit the way <clears throat> of dealing with life that I have and the way I think. For instance, I've been an introvert most of my life. You could probably say that there are two categories in this area, introvert and extrovert. 
And I'll, I'll grant you, there are some people in between. But with some guidance, one can be lifted out of one shell and be less introverted. My wife has gone a long ways to do just that for me and make me more at ease outside of my comfort zone. And hopefully, I have tamed her down a bit from her extroverted personality. <laughs> it's always harder to uh, calm down the extroverts. We can change if given the right circumstances. All we need to do, all we need to be is given a chance. Jesus has given us that chance by believing in him. We understand what he did on the cross by dying for us. We understand how the Father rose him from the dead and granted him life again, and thus granted all who believe in him life again after, uh, from sin, from a sinful life. There is a point in our life where we can see the truth in the message of Jesus Christ and how ugly our sin is viewed by God. We will grasp the free gifts of salvation and agree to change our ways. We know from that point on that our sins are forgiven and we can live our lives with God instead of being separated from him. When my wife and I were going through a study session in growing closer to God, we uh, <clears throat> read a book by Watchman Nee called Sit, Walk, Stand. Perhaps some of you have read the book. When I referred to going back to the basics, of course I was referring to first to salvation. But once you have passed that point, <clears throat> you need to continue to remember God. The sit factor that Nee mentions is the idea of coming before God and resting in Him. Nurture your relationship and learn His will for you. Talk to Him. He knows your issues, your needs, but tell Him anyway. He wants to hear it from you. Then listen. He will bring you rest when the outside world makes you weary and throws those unwelcomed circumstances at you? The Lord gives us our strength. After all, we are broken and willing to listen. Broken from our old life of doing things my way and not God's way. If you are not broken of self, God will work on you to break you of doing things yourself without him then it will be his strength that he will give you for the day. You need to remember the sequence of sit, walk, and then stand. The sit position is our basic position. It continually revolves around our relationship with God. You can always go back to the sit position and talk with him, kind of like getting your power drink from him. Walking is showing him that you understand what 
Walking is showing him that you understand and want to be responsible for your actions and are willing to represent him in the world he puts before you. Better still, to let him live his life through you. You are willing to go where he wants to lead, but first you are willing to step out and trust that he will lead you. Standing is remaining firm in the truth that God himself has taught you. Standing on principles that he puts on our hearts. Will you stay in one state all the time? No. God wants us to move out and be effective in our communities, even us introverts. Why should all those extroverts have all the fun? So when you see the magic of the sit, walk, stand, flow, and the fact that we may be in one of the three at any given time and have the freedom to move from one to the other, we can move forward to deal with conflict. God is on our side. He does want us to be effective, but he knows we will have doubts. He knows that This fellow, Satan, loves to confuse us, and he will do his best to make us ineffective. Just be aware of Satan trying to act in your life. Be on guard against him. And that's all the time we'll give him. Family. If we were just to look at our own physical family, we know that conflicts do arise. Kids do things to each other just that just blow your mind away and require discipline from from the parents. Parents fight with one another. Teenagers rebel and do some of the weirdest stuff. But you are a family, whether Christian or not. But there is something else in the Christian family, and that is Jesus. When you consider a billion-plus Christians, you must admit that is a really big family. You have every reason to think there will be conflict in a family that size. So let's shrink it down to a church under 100 like ours. Do we have differences of opinion about things that occur when we get together? The answer would most definitely be yes. But we should never differ on the real basic truths of the Bible that God does exist, that he came in the form of Jesus Christ, that it was foretold from Genesis that a Messiah would come, that the prophets told of his coming and how he would arrive, that he would suffer and die on a cross for us so that we may be forgiven of our sins, that on Easter Sunday Jesus rose from the dead and eventually ascended into heaven, that the Holy Spirit was sent to be with all those who accepted Jesus as their Savior and seek to repent from their sinful way they were before they met him. Are all the other items in the Bible just window dressing? When you go back to the Old Testament, you will find in the time of Moses that with the Ten Commandments, a large number of other rules came forth on how to live, how to survive, 
Each of those rules were for the good of the people at the time. But I am sure over time mankind has added to the original rules and even modified them to suit what was needed to govern appropriately. God gave us the law, those first ten commandments, so that mankind would know what sin was. It is a mirror into our souls to measure the depth of our own sin. Jesus came to fulfill the law by giving us freedom from sin's hold on us when we accepted his salvation. So now that we've reviewed the basics, does this help us to understand why we come to church? Why we gather in small groups? Why we talk with one another and share what God is doing in our lives? Somehow, we need to constantly remember or remind ourselves that it isn't all about us. It is about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is not impossible to imagine a person doing life with little to no interaction with other people. We can even imagine that person having or beginning a personal relationship with God. But I believe because of that relationship, you will see that God will urge you (coughs) towards other relationships so that you will witness to them about him. I don't think he will leave you in that state of aloneness for very long. Thus, community, this community that we belong to, another reason to gather at church. When you look around you, you see that our lives are not perfect. Life brings an ever-changing world. Circumstances drives us into uncharted territory and how we react molds us into better people when we do it with God. Let Jesus be your guide. Let him take your hand and comfort you while you sit in his presence. Let him tell you, fear not, for I am with you. Draw on his strength, for Jesus has plenty of strength for all of us. And you and when you find when you are rested, then walk. And walk on knowing he loves you and wants to walk with you. Stand on the truths you have been taught, for these are absolute truths, and there is rarely any gray areas in them. And then continue to walk on in confidence, knowing God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit accepts you as a unique individual into his family. Now, with all this love you have inside now, can you see yourself coming to one of our services and enjoying a song as it is portrayed as a song of worship? old words, new words, whatever, but just a song presented to worship in him. Let your soul float with joy over the words as they tie you to the one you love, Jesus. 
Imagine how the author of the song felt when it was created and how he or she wanted to give it back to God in worship. And then how wonderful it is to share in that worship now. Some of us can't sing a a single note, all too tone deaf. I'm one of them. And I was so afraid to sing in the church but one time in my earlier years in Calgary, we uh, went to an, uh, the First Assembly Church for an evening service. The head of our department, where I worked, had invited us over to witness a baptism of one of their children. At that evening service, everyone in the congregation was singing with a loud volume, and so I joined in. I could do it without any criticism. From that point on, I haven't looked back. I still can't sing, but I do make a joyous noise unto the Lord. And I wanted to apologize to Bill, but he's not here today. I do apologize to anyone who is standing in front of me, but I I can't help myself. You see, Jesus smiles at all our effort, but I will try to remember to keep my volume down. But watch out. At times I may forget and let my enthusiasm get the better of me. And what are the sermon, the testimonies, the collection, the communion, our prayer times, our devotions? Why can't we all enjoy these items too? As they are all acts of worship where we can get lost in the love we have for our God. Let us put the conflicts aside each and every time we come through those doors. And remember who we are, God's children. And as a family, we are here to celebrate our one true God. I guess I made that too small. This should be our first responsibility, to love our God with everything that is in us. And when that is fulfilled, What did he ask us to do? To love your neighbor as yourself. So I ask you again, why do we come to church? Has something in what I said this morning triggered something personal in you? Please remember, God is always listening. Have my words encouraged you to step out of your comfort zone and invite others to experience this love of God that we share. I wanted wanted to close with one thought, but when I realized it was going to be Thanksgiving weekend, I began reflecting on what Jesus has done for us. Hopefully my words have opened your hearts a bit about what happens in these rooms, that we need to be thankful to our God for all that he has done for us and continue to do for us. So let us thank our God for this big family. We are truly gathered. We are truly grateful for all the blessings he has bestowed on us. I thank the Lord for my brothers and sisters in front of me, and I pray that you are doing the same. We have so much to be thankful for in this country, in this province, and in this town. And you could also say around the world, we're still here. 
Remember this weekend God's sacrifices, the blessings he, is, he, he gives us, and remember then your family. Tell them you appreciate them. And perhaps as you gather around your dining table, ask each one there to tell what they are thankful for from this year. It's a great experience when practiced by all. We share this church as a family where we come first before God as our focus. It's first about him, not about I. And then after that, it is about sharing with one another and listening to one another with the love Jesus has shown us. How open is our church to others? I want to close with my wish, and I hope yours as well. To hear in resounding echoes throughout our halls, welcome, welcome in the name of the Lord. Welcome to his house. You are most welcome. Come and share with us. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today and going with us as we venture on out into the, our week. Help us to remember to be thankful.